Yeah. Weezy, this is Josh Bishop. And this is Shrey Slada. We want to welcome you to episode three of the Two View Crew NBA podcast. I know it's an NBA podcast. We got a few surprises for you today, talking some NFL. You know, is Brady the GOAT? Is he not? Uh, maybe some predictions for the Super Bowl. But to get it, you know, we're sorry for the delay. Um, I mean, as Shreyas can attest, UGA is is a pretty is a pretty hard school. I know they say it's a party school. I know it's a football school, but it's honestly a hard school. It is, it is. I don't know about football school after that showing the Sugar Bowl, but um, go dogs, I guess. <laughs> the Sugar Bowl showing was absolutely disgusting. I don't think anybody in their right mind was pleased with that other than oh. Texas. But, uh, you know, I got a lot of respect for Sam Ellinger and uh, was it Herman's their coach? Yep. I mean, they were came ready to play. Uh, they did, they did. Georgia's, Georgia did not come ready to play, and actually – I wish we were a TV so, show so I could show you. In my room, my sister for Christmas got me a Sugar Bowl shirt. Mm. I wore it one time. I wore it during the game. Mm-hmm. After the game, I hung it up on my wall <laughs> to remind myself every day what happens when you don't show up against your own opponent. That should also remind yourself to not root for Atlanta sports teams, folks. <laughs> don't root for it. Be a Boston sports fan. It's a lot better. I don't know how that's related, but yeah, no, I'm not going to make my son root for Atlanta sports teams. So. <laughs> I want for his own mental health. I'm going to let him choose a different city. Yeah, um, but coming back, we it's kind of the middle of the NBA season, so we wanted to do our own midseason awards. You'll probably hear these everywhere, but we wanted to see if we had any that surprised you. So, for me personally, first half of the season, Giannis was my MVP. He uh, he was the number one team in the East. That checks off your traditional MVP list. Mm-hmm. He made a big jump. He's the best player on an excellent team, uh, and he he does everything you want to do. Being one of the first, I don't remember what the numbers were, but he was like one of the first players ever to average like 15, 28 in terms of rebounds and points. Mm-hmm. But after January, Shreyas, and you can you can go into this a little bit. I know you it's, knew some numbers. Harden, Harden's going to be the MVP, Shreyas. Oh, it's 100%. I agree with that sentiment. He's disgusting. I thought Harden would repeat this year. or Actually, a couple years ago, I thought Giannis this year was not was last year. Um, obviously, Harden had a disgustingly good year, and Giannis has made the leap this year. Um, with the Bucks finally having a new coach, with Bunnholzer doing great things, who is my pick for coach of the year, by the way. Um, but Harden just had this amazing stretch in January. We averaged 45, 8, and 9. 45, 8, and 9. Think about that, folks. And he's doing that without Clint Compella, without Chris Paul, without everybody. He just picked up Kenneth Reed and Austin Rivers the other day. <laughs> Austin Rivers has been playing well. Kenneth Reed had a 21 and 12 game. These were guys that couldn't get minutes on uh, other other squads. Guys that were cut. Guys that were cut. And, you know, you can attest, he just had 61 in the Garden last night. And I know he had a rough game against the Raptors where he only had 13 points, only 13 points at half. But he still <laughs> ended up with more than 30. So well, wait, wait, it wasn't 61 last night. That was our notes for the other day. But it was 61. Against the Knicks a couple days it was, ago. I think it was on Wednesday night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. on Wednesday night. Um, but last night was he played the Raptors. He only had 13, but he still averaged, ended up with more than 30. He didn't have a great game by Harden standards or by efficiency standards, but he still ended up averaging more than 30. Um, I think the, the coolest thing about Harden to me is even when he's not, you know, on, he gets to the line. And I wish sometimes that Kyrie would be able to do that a little better. I think he struggles with getting to the line as much as Harden does, which as much as people hate is free points. I think he goes to the line a little bit too much. I mean, everyone mm-hmm. thinks that. But if it works, it works. Why change something that works? I think you were referring to Kyrie not getting the line. Yeah, yeah. I think Harden is sneakily a little a little bit tall. I mean, he's mm-hmm. first shooting guard is a decent size. He's mm-hmm. a strong guy. 
and he's a lefty. And I, I've heard from a lot of people telling me that guarding lefties is harder because you're everything in your mind wants to tell you to make a guy go left uh, because that's what you're always taught. But he's a lefty, and he can very well go left or go right. I mean, Harden can do it all. People were saying he's one of the most unique offensive weapons in NBA history. And while he's not my favorite player to watch because of the fouls, I mean, it, it's not his fault that he's drawing fouls. Yeah, no, I agree. It's still incredible that yeah. at what he does. And this was from the other night, so I don't know if it's still accurate. But there was a point where he scored 263 points unassisted. Mm-hmm. That's that's ridiculous to me. That's crazy. Because just think about that. You know, this man is on his own doing the dribble moves, do whatever he needs to do to get the points for his team. It's His run is unprecedented. Um, I was telling Joshua about this before. I was looking on Twitter. Some One of the, the reporters tweeted out, Top seven or eight seasons according to Basketball Reference all time. So you know you just have some legends like Wilt Chamberlain, Michael Jordan, and number eight. Where do you see? You see James Harden. He's averaging thirty-five points, eight assists, and six rebounds, two steals, and two steals. Like how? But, I don't know what else you could possibly do to call MVP. If you want to say fifth seed, but like if West, he's got no win, help. All his help is yeah. Is, on IR. Yeah. And they're all hurt. Yeah. If Westbrook can win MVP, averaging a triple-double as a fourth seed, Harden can win MVP with a fifth seed and rising. Because without him, that team would literally be the lottery. Absolutely. And I think with Westbrook, I think James Harden's season this year is better than Westbrook's oh, other season. Because I know people say, oh, he averaged triple-doubles. It was stat-pad at triple double. Russell Westbrook, everyone knows it. He'll admit it. If we told him today, he stat-pads. He, he does stat-pad. And his team was better. Like, if he had an off night, it didn't happen a lot, but if he had an off night, the Thunder could still win a game. They have defense. They have a couple guys that can, you know, just play basketball. The Rockets, I mean, they're not even fun to watch because if James Harden's not scoring 50, they're losing. The other night, they played, he put 57 on the Nets, and they lost the game. I remember I was watching the Knicks-Rockets uh, game, and it was 81-73, and Harden had 40. Against that, the Knicks. Against the Knicks. The New point. York There's, Knicks. Against the Knicks. The Knicks are not a good team. Ladies and they're not even. Uh, they're they're bar- not they're barely an NBA team. I I don't know if you guys saw the the Twitter the Twitter feed thing, <laughs> but somebody asked Stephen A. Smith. <laughs> somebody asked Stephen A. Smith if the Knicks were making the playoffs. And he said, "Go and get said, drug tested." Go get drug tested. That's what Stephen A. Smith said. Like I said, Stephen A. I want to meet you. You're my idol. Please, I'd love uh-huh. to have dinner with you one time. Just talk hoops, football, everything. He's a goat. Uh, he's he's the goat. He's the goat. Right, um, well, we're running seven minutes on uh, MVP, so let's get over to Rookie of the Year. So we, me and Shreyas agree. Harden's our MVP. Shreyas, who's your rookie of the year? Oh, it's gotta be Luca. Luca, Luca, Luca. I, Don sure, Luca. Yes, I'm sure that hurts your heart very, very much to see not Trey Young. I see Trey up there. Which, <laughs> mind you, they've been playing pretty well nice the, last, uh, the last 15 games or so. But Luca, it's not even a debate. I don't know what you could say. Luca looks like a man amongst boys out there in the rookie class. He is, and he is. He's a Euroleague MVP. Yep. He is. He is. Um, but the thing, I want to stand up for Trey because I've been so hard on that man. And you know what? Trey Young is a good young player. He is. He's he is. not Luca. He's not. But what not I'm starting to understand is that I think I think I see why Schlink did what he did. Because I think Luca, as good as he is, I don't think he can get too much better because of his physical uh in inadequacies. Like he's not a super athlete. I mean, mm-hmm. like we said in the past, disclaimer, this is Per NBA type, not, you know, he's an athlete. But for an NBA player, he's not a super athlete. 
and he has had so much professional experience, you can't like project him getting way better because he's already played professionally for six years. So while Luke is better now, I think Trey can get maybe to where Luke is now someday, and I think it'll be more on the timeline that Schlink is going mm-hmm. for, plus the Dallas pick. I think it's okay. I think Schlink has made some really good moves um, until that point. I just can't justify the trade pick. I mean, I know we all try to justify it, even mm-hmm. if the Dallas pick turns out to be a lottery pick, but Luca looks like a generational talent. I mean, who knows if I'm saying the same sentence a year from now, but I, I like Luca coming out of the draft. He was my guy. He was the pick. Uh, me too. I know he's your guy too. Um, it's just something about him. And I, I I was scared that it wouldn't translate to the NBA level because he was, comparatively to a lot of the NBA guys, slower. But he has the, the step back, the moves, the stuff that, like, fakes me out of the building. That you can't that you, you can't, can't even teach. teach. You can't, you can't teach even it. teach that. And it fakes NBA players out of the building. And it's, it's just it's, it's so much fun to watch. I love watching Luka. Um, and I'm just waiting for the Mavs to have a nice jersey so I can get it off my Chinese website. Oh, God bless I hear you. I hear you. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I don't think that it was the right move. I do think Luke is better. And I, and I would love to have him on the Hawks. I just think that it, it's not like 2005 when the Hawks passed oh, yeah. on Chris no, Paul for Marvin Williams. We passed on, you know, the best player of the draft, but at least we got, like, a top five player from the draft mm-hmm. and not a total bust. And yeah. that's why I'm at least happy with that. Yeah. But real quick, so let's just – to, to give context of how good Luke has been, per 36 minutes, he's averaged as many points as Kobe and Kevin did, Kevin Durant, during their rookie seasons. He's averaging more rebounds than LeBron, Kobe, and Kevin Durant did during their rookie seasons. About the same assist as LeBron. A little mm-hmm. few more turnovers, and he's higher field goal percentage than all of them, with 10-point percentage difference almost for three-point percentage. Mm-hmm. So he's the perfect rookie in terms of shooting, passing, rebounding. In the modern NBA, adding that three point percentage up some more. Yeah, absolutely. I think the Mavs might have put themselves in a bad position here, where now they're stuck in this no man's land because they didn't expect Luca to be as good. Right. And now they're not going to get a good pick, and w- their pick's going to land unless it's top five, right? Right. Um. So I I sit there and I'm sitting there like, did they make a mistake? Like, was it worth? I I don't think picking Luca was a mistake, but was putting the town around him. I guess. When DeAndre Jordan tries, because he has been lacking effort all year, it seems mm-hmm. like um, they would be. I think if DeAndre Jordan tried the entire year, they'd probably be a playoff team in the West. I don't think. I think in the East they could be a playoff team, but I don't think the Mavericks have enough other than uh, Luca and Harrison Barnes every now and then to really compete for the playoffs. Um, I think that's the that's the main reason that the Trey Luca trade doesn't kill me because I think. Schlink knew that he that didn't that he didn't want to do that. He didn't want to overshoot a little bit. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Trey has a lot of the same good qualities that Luca has in terms of playmaking and shooting every now and then, but he's he's farther behind. He's more on course with our rebuild. Dallas, I mean, they've given up their pick to get this guy, and they're clearly not gonna beat anybody if they did even squeak into the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. Um I think he moves up the timeline, and speaking of timelines, I think this year, the Hawks are moving their timeline because of John Collins and Trey Young and all these other guys um, coming in playing very well. Like all they've they've hit on all their picks. Kevin last Herter. year, Quinn Herter, Trey Young, John Collins. The last couple of years, they've hit on all of them, um, which is awesome to see because I like watching quality basketball in Atlanta, and it's been a little bit of time since we watched quality basketball in Atlanta. And even with you know when they made the playoffs, those teams were kind of boring. This oh. this team is fun to watch. 
Okay, they're boring for the average NBA fan, but as a as a Hawks fan, I thought they were. Boring. I mean, okay, let's be real. Like everyone says about the Celtics too. You know, when when Kyrie's not going off, people are like, oh, this whole share the ball thing is boring. Um, but at the end of the day, that's what people want to watch: is flashiness, star play, and one guy going off. That's why I want Jalen Brown or Tatum to take over instead of Kyrie every time because it, right. it's a nice little change of pace. All right, last Luca thing. My friend, good friend Ben Wolf, wants me to shout him out because he talked about Luca earlier <laughs> in preparation. So there you, there you go, Ben. I hope you enjoy your shout out on our podcast. Uh, <laughs> All right, moving on from Rookie of the Year consensus once again, Luca. My Defensive Player of the Year is Paul George. He's second in the league in steals and defensive win shares. He's guarded the team's best player every night, and he's been the best player in the Thunder probably offensively as well yeah, this season. Yeah, there's. Uh, I mean, again, we agree here. Because there's nobody else that I'd pick um, for defensive player of the year, and he's been the best player on a Thunder team that I sorely lacked Russell Westbrook shooting. Um, oh my god! Which fun fact? He was shooting 48 percent from true shooting percentage, and if you guys know, 55 percent is league average. <laughs> so as Zach Lowe said it best, um, he's not even a borderline All Star. Um, and Westbrook is what is he doing, man? Because um, he's I think he's playing a lot better overall. But his shooting has been yeah. horrendous. Horrendous. I think almost this has been good for him because it showed him that he can't shoot from the Thunder logo and, <laughs> and stay on the court. I said when he makes one, he thinks he can make it. But it's okay. Westbrook is probably my least favorite player in the league, so I'm not um, I'm not losing sleep over this. I'm just saying <laughs> he's been exposed for who he is. I, you know, once again, like I don't, he's not my least favorite player, but I understand why you don't like him. Like pe- People give Kevin Durant so much flack. From leaving the Thunder, yeah. But if I think all the time, if I was Kevin Durant, mm-hmm. do, you wanna, Kevin Durant. do you want to do you want to play with Steph Curry, a guy who diffuses feuds like with Draymond Green, mm-hmm. a guy who will literally be happy for you when you get the uh, the Finals MVP, or do you want to play with a guy who took thirty shots a game during the playoffs when he wasn't the best player on the yeah. floor? I mean, I think yeah. Enough about Russell Westbrook. We're not big fans of him. He's a good player. I'll, I'll say this. He's a, he's a little crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll say this about Westbrook. He will run through a wall for you, which yeah. which is something you want as a teammate. That's true. That being said, if I was playing uh, with him, I still wouldn't want to play with him because he's a ball hog and he's overrated. And <laughs> I'll throw out my hot takes here and there before he turns it around. Okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're, we're consensus on defensive player of the year. Don't spend any, too much time on Paul George. Honestly, happy he made the all-star starters, though. Yeah, he deserves um, it. Our sixth man of the year, or at least mine was. I think yours is, too. We're going to go with Derrick Rose. I mean, it's too much of a feel-good story to give it to anybody else. I mean, he's got the best field goal percentage uh, since his second season. Career high, 42% from yeah, three-point. Well. He had a 50-point game on Halloween. Dog, when I saw that video of him crying after the game, saying how hard he worked, dog, I was about to cry. When I was a kid, he was my favorite player. And I'm like, dang it, Derrick. I'm so proud of you. I see. I can't. I can't. I don't like Derrick Rose. What? I can't. He's an idiot. He says the dumbest things. His actions are questionable. And it's just like people give him like the puppy eyes because they think he's like this puppy that like whatever happened to him, like, oh my God, like Derrick Rose, he's coming back. The feel good story. But like, did you hear Derrick Rose a couple of weeks ago where he literally told his critics to kill themselves? He he apologized. Oh, okay. What else are you supposed to do? I are you kidding me? He literally told kill yourself. 
two times, not even once. How dumb do you gotta be? I mean, Derek, I know you're dumb because you cheated on the listen, SATs listen, to listen, get a 1200, which mind you, you get 600 points right now. God, God created Derek Rose to play basketball. Okay, <laughs> he did. Derek's not a smart guy. He's not. Okay, he never has been. I mean, obviously, we we know he cheated on his SATs. He's not smart. But God created him to play basketball, and he was beautiful when he did it, and he got hurt. And the crazy thing is, is nobody saw him becoming what he is now after all those injuries. See, I'm, I'm happy for him, but at the same time, I, I don't cut him to slack. Okay, he, he's just questionable stuff that I don't want to get on this podcast about. Okay, I know what you're talking about. I know the court about. stuff and, like, all this thing. You know, I can't, I can't sit there and root for him. If I, if I, on my fantasy team, won't draft people who get arrested. My, my, difference, my difference here... Is that the other day we were learning in multi-platform about like Kobe? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. You're talking about Kobe the allegations. You're talking about the allegations, yeah, right? Kobe would have been screwed. Well, Kobe back in the day, he settled out of court. Derek went to court and won. So yeah, I, I trust. I trust that at least in some way justice was served because a judge was involved. It's not like Kobe where they knew it wasn't he wasn't going to win and they took care of it. Under but the, the Derek thing wasn't a. It wasn't a like he wasn't on a prison sentence thing. It was a he was getting sued by the girl. Okay. Thing. So like that was just a litigation case where they like they have it based on she wanted to get money out of him, not this like I guess whatever happened happened. But like just some of the questions, like statements he made, we men, you can assume that kind of stuff. Right. It kind of didn't sit well with me. Um, yeah. And it's just like it kind of like misogynistic, kind of like um, a lot of like this like weird male culture stuff that I won't even get into. And I just kind of like. I don't know. We'd, I don't like it. We'd have but, to, we need to do a different whole podcast. Yeah, yeah. We could do a whole different podcast about that. That whole Gillette commercial that everyone feels strongly about. We, we can maybe do that next time because yeah. I know you and me have some thoughts about that. Yeah. We'll work that next time. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And um, so, what is, who is your sixth man? It's it's Sabonis. It's okay. definitely Sabonis. I like Sabonis. Sabonis would be my number two. Yeah, Sabonis is a good guy. Um, he's not Derrick Rose, which is a plus in my book. Um, <laughs> but, like, he, he is averaging a double double in 25 minutes. And his shooting is better than 61% from the field, which is really yeah. good. Which is the crazy thing is, you know, like, Sabonis was an add-in for that Paul George trade. But Sabonis and Oladipo have been so good for mm-hmm. the Pacers. Yeah. Like, it's a, one of those rare win-win trades yeah. where both of them have, like, the teams have had a really good thing. You know, first of all, Paul George is not the Lakers. Love that. Love to see that. Um, <laughs> <And> <laughs> screw the Lakers. Screw the Lakers. Um, and then he stayed with Thunder. So bonus and Oladipo. Oladipo became the face of the Pacers. He's kind of embraced that. He's become a great player. Um, hopefully he recovers from that injury, that season ending. And mm. I really hope he gets back to normal because, you know, as a Gordon Hayward fan and a Celtics fan, it's been tough. Oh. But yeah. Um, and... Who do you have for most improved? I'm gonna go with uh, Deer and Fox. Mm-hmm. Um, I, my two, I got it down to Pascal Siakam and Deer and Fox. So many people told me Pascal Siakam, and I think it's because he literally went from like an end of the bench guy to literally hitting game winning layups for the Raptors in a you know like 35 36 win so far season. But I'm gonna go with Fox because I felt like last year people were doubting him a little bit. Um, his field goal percentage was down a little bit. His three-point attempts weren't great. And people were wondering like, if he was this, that guy that he was at Kentucky. But this year, he's looking like the guy he was supposed to be. He's taking a huge step forward. Especially and shooting threes. Shooting threes. And, he, and he's doing it in the same amount of minutes. Yeah. It's not like he's he, the up minutes uptick, numbers uptick. It's the same amount of minutes. He's just doing a lot more with those minutes. Uh, and he's got the Kings looking mm-hmm. at a playoff spot for the first time in God knows mm-hmm. how long. So, yeah, I'm going to go with De'Aaron Fox. 
I think I would go with Fox, but uh, I think, I mean, the voters, at least the way they have been in the last couple of years, they expect that second-year leap, and Fox is a second-year player. So mm-hmm. it's easier to go with Siakam. It's easier to even go with somebody like D'Angelo Russell. You know, D'Angelo Russell has turned around. I kind of, like, you can go a lot of different ways. I don't really know if I have most to prove at this point. Um, I, I lean Russell just because he's playing like a borderline all-star, if not all-star. He's an all-star, um, I think. In the East, and he's led that Nets team. They've been 20-5. and five. If, the, if if he was still on the Lakers, he would, without oh, a doubt, be an all-star. Without a doubt, be an all-star. 100%. It's awesome to see how much he's matured since the Lakers years. And it's also awesome to see the Lakers manage to mess up another another thing, um, which, watch out for Luke Walton, because he's about to be fired in the next <laughs> 20 days. Um, no, 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 LeBron's, LeBron, LeBron is, is He's coming. back to his old ways, folks. Yes, LeBron's We're already for it. I'm seeing reports. The, the Lakers are interested in Carmelo. That's some LeBron. <laughs> I, I'm hearing reports. Luke Walton's on the hot seat. Oh, uh, LeBron's, get, LeBron's getting antsy, folks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, everyone knew it. I mean, that's not LeBron's coach. LeBron, when LeBron doesn't like a coach, he like doesn't like a coach. And um, Dude. he didn't like Spolstra early on. And Pat Riley was put down his foot, and it worked out. Imagine what – Spolstra's a good coach. Yeah, but I'm he didn't bad. know at that point. Nobody, we didn't know if Spolstra was a good yeah. coach at that point, yeah. which I understand. But the fact I that love that managed, Pat Riley like, managed those three guys together. The fact that – Spolstra and Riley managed that circus like mm-hmm. they did. Yeah, that was underappreciated. Yeah, because look at the the crap show that Cleveland was when mm-hmm. when he went to Cleveland. That all the problems that you they had in Cleveland with two stars really. Mm-hmm. The the star power at Miami was bigger just, than Cleveland. I, I think that the crazy thing is, but Cleveland is like I mean just. Every, I mean, Kevin Durant said it best. I know LeBron's kind of hurt by this, but everywhere you go, the media treats you like a circus. Mm-hmm. And being a teammate of LeBron, you have the all the eyes on you. You're blamed for everything mm-hmm. and not given enough credit. I think that's why Kyrie wanted out. That's why Isaiah Thomas struggled. That's mm-hmm. why Dwayne Wade didn't like it. Like There was just so many clashes of personalities and stuff like that. Um, you, you can't really like be who you truly are with mm-hmm. a LeBron-led team unless you're a very certain like 3 and D player. I think LeBron is a great player. I mean, I think he's the second greatest player of all time. Um, it's just, I think with that comes some negativity and circus around him. I feel like sometimes we have to remind people that he's a human being. Oh, absolutely. And I feel like LeBron fans get so upset when you say anything negative about him. And it's like, look, I'm admitting to you right now, the man is probably the second best player of all time. But you hurt him and you set him up for failure when you act like he doesn't mess up at all. Yeah. And you – I know that, like, when whenever the teams would lose, it's like, oh, it has nothing to do with him. All these players are so bad. It's like part of the reason they're bad is because you act like they can't play. Mm-hmm. Like, Kevin Love was an MVP candidate at I, times I on think, the Timberwolves. I think – I think – he doesn't act like it, but the media does, and mm-hmm. that's associated with LeBron. And which right. you know, I don't know how much LeBron can really do to change the perception of that. But at the he same could, time, he could change it. At as the same much time, as he changes things he, that he, he does uses change, the media. He uses the media all the time. Absolutely. He could say more. He Absolutely. could say more, but he doesn't. Like they'll say, LeBron. Uh, you know, I remember he got upset because he's like, "When have I ever talked down on my teammates?" It's not. He doesn't say things, but he doesn't stand up for them yeah. at times, and yeah. he also kind of says stuff. He beats around the bush. When he really could come out and say, "Stop doing this," but he doesn't, because I think every now and then he he likes I mean, he likes to get gassed up like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I understand that. I mean, Le- Jordan was the same way. Jordan was much better. I mm-hmm. mean, let's say this: LeBron's a lot more humble than Jordan was, or at least appears to be a lot more humble than Jordan mm-hmm. was, and a lot better of a person than Jordan ever was. I think um, the the people's problem with LeBron isn't usually humility. 
Yeah, I mean, he, he, had, can, he can be yeah. fake. Yeah, I definitely think he is fake to an extent because everyone is when you're the GOAT level athlete. Mm. When you are, listen, I mean, like, everyone knows. Tom Brady, to an extent, is fake. Federer, all these Tom, guys. Tom Brady, the main reason people hate Tom is because he's fake. No, the main reason people hate Tom is because he wins. Everyone loves a lovable loser. Tom Brady was loved when he came back against the Rams and had led that game-winning drive. Then after they started winning, nobody loved Tom Brady. Tom Brady is the quintessential, the dream underdog story. Think about it. This guy, this is going to our uh, next, next debate. Hear this, way. folks. This guy. Underdog. He, no, 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 no. The all-time Super Bowl leading quarterback is an underdog. Let's listen, just get this listen, straight. Listen, but you don't understand. Tom Brady has been doubted all his life. He came in to Michigan, not even the starter. Drew Henson was picked over him, and he had to fight with him, even though he was clearly the better quarterback, and he led them to wins every time he was there. He was picked up by the Patriots, sixth round, pick 199. In fact, there was six quarterbacks selected for him. And I, know, I don't know if you've seen the greatest documentary of all time, or only one of the greatest documentaries. It's Brady Six. But <laughs> it's, uh, it's incredible, because you know Tom Brady made that cl- draft class look good, because nobody in that draft class who was a QB was good besides Chad Pennington. And Chad Pennington gave him a little run for his money that one year when the Jets won the division. But, like, just think about it. Like, his story is literally a movie. He comes in fighting for a job in, at Michigan that should have been his from day one. He gets drafted sixth round, pick 199. He's fourth string. There's no reason for the Patriots to keep four quarterbacks around. But Brady or Belichick saw something in him in practice. And by the time he's second string, and they... I remember watching the documentary and they had a feeling that Brady was better than Bledsoe, but Bledsoe had just gotten that big contract. Bledsoe gets knocked out. Tom Brady never looks back. That is the underdog story. And now he's married to a Super Bowl that makes more than him. He's been to the most Super Bowls of all time. He's literally been to the Super Bowl nine out of the 18 times in his career. 50% of the time, Tom Brady makes the Super Bowl in his career. Think about that. Okay. Think about that. So you... You make a lot of great points, and I don't want to. I I'm here to say, Tom Brady's probably the goat. He, maybe, There's no probably. Maybe this point, not. I don't know. I don't know how you can say probably. I'm not point. ready to say he's because the greatest. I'm there's not. nobody else I want with the ball in my hand with two minutes left. Tom Brady is the definition of clutch. When you look up clutch in the dif- dictionary, Tom Brady's picture will show up. Okay, hey, I'll give you. I'll give you clutch. I'll give you clutch. But let me let me let me say some things. All right. There's a lot of like a lot of quarterbacks like we talked about before the podcast have better stats than him. Not a lot, but I mean, there's three or four like you saw that have better stats. But you're right on the final drive. I'll give you Tom. But let's uh, the thing that gets me is not that you say Tom is a goat; it's that you say he's an underdog. So let's go through some of the notes that I made, and then you can respond to them. Mm-hmm. 2001 Patriots win the Super Bowl. They were div- division champs at 11 and five. They upset the Steelers at Heinz Field. And you say they beat the greatest show on turf. That year, like you, they were an underdog that year. I'll give you that, that mm-hmm. first Super Bowl. 2003, they were the one seed at 14-2. and two. Okay, they won that one. They, I mean, they're the one seed. Yeah. 14-2, and two, I wouldn't say that's an underdog. No, no. But two, the, uh, oh, I got a lot yeah. more notes to go through. <laughs> I got a lot more notes to go through. 2004, they had the same record at 14-2, and two, and they won it all again. Mm-hmm. Okay. 2008. Patriots go eleven and five with Matt Castle. Okay, eleven and five with Matt Castle means that your team's pretty freaking good. Okay, 
I'm, I've got I've got some more notes. I, I know you're ready. You, you know Tom Brady way more than me, but let me get through my notes. 2007 Patriots are literally perfect, 16 and 0. Okay, and they lost in the Super Bowl. That's not the important thing. The important thing is that you can't be an underdog at 16 and 0. 2011, 13 and 3, lost Super Bowl as one seed. They did have the 31st ranked defense. They still went 13 and 3. You're not an underdog at 13 and 3. 2014. One Super Bowl as a one seed once again. Okay, so you're noticing a trend here. Most of their games are played at Gillette Stadium. It's not like they're having to go on the road to beat these teams. They're still beating them, but it's not. They're, they're I mean, not. They're not. Super Bowl is a neutral zone. Yeah, I mean, location. but I mean, but they're I mean, still but like, the, the road to the Super Bowl. Well, the way year, that they this get year they there, they had to play in Arrowhead and they beat the Chiefs. They and, did, and I, there was three straight touchdown and the Tuesday drives. Are, are the back. Chiefs on my notes? I mean, uh, <laughs> are, 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 the Chiefs aren't on my okay, notes. Okay, continue, continue, okay. continue. Uh, if they, uh, and then you said he was down two scores in the fourth and came back. If they lose that game to Pete Carroll and the Seahawks and he runs it in, no, but they nobody would remember that, those that, those two touchdowns in the fourth. I'm if, almost done. I'm almost done. 2016, they were 14 and two, and they beat the Falcons. We all know what went down in that one. They were favored in that game. I know they came back. I'll give you that. 25 point comeback, but let's be real. Falcons imploded, and they were still favored in the game, so they weren't underdogs before the game. I think I see. I disagree there because the media was very split. If you look at the media polls, because like the Falcons were hot, the, the Falcons had one of the best offenses of all time. Like, yeah, there was a reason why it was split, and you guys were the first seed. It's not like you guys were like uh, like any other seed. The Falcons. I was so excited for this. Well, you don't understand. That was one of those years where Brady looked Brady, and the Falcons were the thing. Like the the stars were aligning. Atlanta sports fans were actually acting like they cared about sports again because it was a wonderful. Dude. It was a wonderful time on campus. And then on campus, you don't understand. I was, uh, I was I was Falcons jerseys everywhere. I was so happy. I was like, I'm not the only one wearing it. This yeah, time. yeah, yeah. And it was wonderful because people remembered NFL football existed and Georgia football did for five seconds. It was great. Um, and then you know what happened? You know, people they were up twenty to three. I'm getting texts from people I haven't even talked to in years. And they're like. Oh, Tom Brady looks doesn't look so good. But I'm like, it's a long game. He, lo- he looked it's washed. He looked washed. It's a long. Okay, some of the picks that he threw were literally not even his fault. Like one of them was tipped, and then they returned it for a touchdown. Like, I thought that there one was, was his there fault. was there was times there was times where he literally just drove down the field, and then something weird would happen, and they wouldn't get a touchdown. There was he was never having trouble driving down the field on the Falcons. He'd get near the end zone, then something would happen. Yeah. That's what happened two or three times in the first half. That's why okay. I wasn't surprised when he came back. Um, oh well, I was almost on my notes, so I'll just say the last one. And then in 2017, they were 13 and three, and they were favored versus the Eagles, and they lost. So my point, uh, my point here is, you know, it's not that that I'm doubting their greatness. I'm doubting that they're an underdog because in almost every season that they won, they were like the one seed in the AFC had home field throughout the playoffs. If they win it this year, okay, you've got two years out of how, how many Super Bowls do they have? Would he have they're seven? Nine. nine. They've been in nine. Yeah, but how many would he have? He has seven Super Bowls, right? No, he's going to be nine. This is his nine Super Bowls. I mean, wins. Oh, wins. Wins. He'd be at six. Okay. So he would, out of his six wins, two of them would have been underdog. That's still only two of six. But my point is, is like, yeah, he's prob- he might be the GOAT. The Patriots are, without a doubt, the greatest dynasty ever, especially in our era. I'm not. I, I don't know how you say he's he's an underdog, other than the fact that he was drafted late. Um, and once again, on this one for the Eagles Super Bowl last year, you said he had three touchdowns, 505 yards, and he would have had the game-winning drive if not for the strip sack. I just want to point out that you can't say that because Matt Ryan 
got sacked in the Super Bowl in the same way, and not a single person that watched that game said, oh, well, Matt Ryan had a great game. Uh, he would have won if that didn't happen, okay. even though that's exactly okay, what was but true. But listen, but listen. How Atlanta sports fans deal with Matt Ryan is not my problem. Tom Brady has been so good for so long, they will give him the benefit of the doubt. And you know that's true. If he hadn't been strip-sacked, he was about to march down that field. He you was halfway. He was halfway down. I know he was. They had 505 yards and three touchdowns. They couldn't stop a wet paper towel. Okay, that defense couldn't stop anybody. It just the stars didn't align that time. That's how it happens. You know, sometimes it just happens like that. The stars aligned in 2014. The stars aligned in 2016. Last year didn't align. It just happens like that. And sometimes it happens. But like this year, for example, the Chiefs defense, similar situation. Swiss cheese. Swiss cheese. One touchdown, two touchdowns, three touchdowns. <laughs> three straight drives where he had to score, he did. The one time you he gets picked, of course, the stars yeah, align. Two picks. No, no, no. But like one of them was the pick. I'm talking about the pick that got called back because offsides. Okay. Yeah, but the one of that the would picks, have made it three. Yeah, and one of the picks, <laughs> one of the picks was literally like it hit Edelman in the hands, and then it. That's it. Oh, I'll, I'll hit you with something real quick. See what you say. Matt Ryan was a better quarterback this year than Tom Brady. Oh, oh, oh. Honestly, you might be right. Tom Brady didn't look just great. This year, just this year. Tom Brady didn't look great, but I mean, it doesn't matter. Matt Ryan had much better weapons than Tom Brady this year. He doesn't have a number one wide receiver. Well, for um, most of the year, he had Josh Gordon. I, Josh Gordon is not a number one wide receiver. He's good. No, he's not. Josh Gordon was... Okay, if you watch Josh he's Gordon... Be, he's better than he's, the Falcons' hype, second best His His receiver. hype was better than his actual production. He didn't do much. That's, you're right. And Gronk, Gronk. Regret, Gronk regressed heavily this year. The person that was the most consistent and has been the most consistent, Edelman, who's the most underrated player in the Patriots. Edelman, I time and time again, he just makes the tough catch when you need him. He to. makes the catch. He makes the catch. Whatever, like, and every time it's third and ten, I just know Brady's looking at Edelman. Because they have that connection. Yeah. And, they, and he makes it happen. He makes the play happen. Him... And Hogan are the two guys that he does that with. He doesn't do that with everybody else. Gordon, like, I felt bad that Gordon didn't get to win a Super Bowl ring and stuff like that. Just stay off the weed, man. It's not hard. <laughs> um, I mean, I mean, okay, okay, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna diminish his mental health illness, blah 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 blah. Um but yeah, I was just I'm sad he's not gonna get I mean he'll get a Super Bowl ring. I don't know. But like, um hopefully they win. Um, but yes, to go off that point, yes, Tom Brady, this is why I think he's the underdog. Well, I told you every step of the way Tom Brady has had to Silence the critics. Until 2007, he didn't have a number one receiver that was good. Deion Branch was that guy. And Deion Branch did not have a thousand yard re- receiving uh, season outside of the Patriots until he came back to the Patriots and then he broke it. Randy Moss came in, they lit the world on fire, they had 50 touchdowns, they broke records, stuff like that. Just time and time again, Tom Brady is literally who you want at the helm. And we could go on and on about why he's the GOAT because he is the GOAT. Um, we're just going to skip that, though, because that debate would take another 20 minutes. Yeah, we, we're, we're starting to get towards the 40-minute mark. And we it, it comes down to, I'll I'll give Shreyas that he's, I'll say he's like top, I'll give him top three all the time. He's not. Right. Oh, there's there's just no way you could say otherwise. Like I don't understand. his The volume stats these other guys have on him, he has volume stats on them, too. Just in the playoffs. And the whole volume stats where Manning has more touchdowns, but he also has 80 more interceptions than Tom Brady does. Tom Brady has been, his precision and accuracy has been disgusting. I think he, it just has to do with play style, though. Because, like, Tom Brady is the kind of guy that he throws the slants and he throws, like, the back I mean, shoulders. And Manning, Manning's not out here slinging and gunslinging like Brett Favre. He was this, Manning just wasn't as accurate. That's the truth. 
Okay, he wasn't as accurate, but and I feel like he was more electric. I feel like when Eddie's was more electric. I see, and that's why I disagree because Manning's not coming back from down twenty-five in the Super Bowl. Manning is both Super Bowls that he won. I don't think he had the coaching or the or, both both Super Bowls he or won. The he didn't play people well. In. That that could have had the mental strength. I think the Patriots just are just a machine. Dungey is a Hall of Fame coach. Yeah, but Belichick is a lot better. I mean, Belichick is a goat coach, yes, but like also like Belichick's every time he's had a bad year. Tom Brady's been able to fill in the flaws. That 2011 year where they had the 31st ranked defense, who did Tom Brady lead in the Super Bowl? The Patriots. Remember in 20, uh, I think 2007, their defense wasn't that good either. Who led to the Super Bowl? Tom Brady. Those like those two years, the years where they, he went 16-0, the defense wasn't as good. And 2011 was probably the worst season. The last couple of years, the defense has been really bad by yards ranking. But since they have good field position, because the offense and special teams does its job well, they've been like middle of the road. Points wise, it's just Tom Brady's been averaging thirty a game, and he hasn't ever been below top five offense in the league ever. Well, we've spent plenty of time on Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're just gonna agree to disagree. I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll even, I'll give you, even if I give you the goat, but I don't give you these. Un- I mean, underdog. I just want to, I want to see the life story, bro. I mean, I'm, I'm inspired, bro. I lived my life for Tom Brady as a Patriots fan. He's done so much, bring me great happiness in the last. 15 years, because I think I've only seen nine Super Bowls, bro, in the last 20 years. I think it's kind of sad, bro. Stop. Only enough. nine. I don't want to hear any more from you. <laughs> I, I can't imagine how much you love him, because I love Matt Ryan. Yeah, and I love Matt Ryan, too. He's, he's fun to, to watch. One. He's been to one Super Bowl. Yeah, okay. We're going to get down to some predictions. We're, we're going to do the marquee games, NBA for Saturday, Sunday, and then we're going to probably do the Super Bowl. Um, for Saturday, I'm going to go It's Golden State-Boston in the Garden. Oh, that's Dude, a tough Boston one. What do you think, Shreyas? Boston always plays Golden State tough. They are the ones that ended Golden State's streak when they were undefeated at home. Um, I think this is going to be a very close game, and it could go either one of two ways, where Kyrie goes off and they win in a close one, or Durant goes off and uh, the Warriors win in a close one. Either way, I think it's close, just because of the way the teams are set up. The mat- like The Celtics just give them matchup problems. That's why I was excited to see them play. Last year, I was hoping they'd play them in the finals because I think they would have given a better fight than the Cavs did just because they just match up real well with Golden State. As, fa- well as, you, as well as you can match up with the greatest team of all time. I'm fairly certain there were two or three teams in the East that if they didn't have LeBron owning real estate in their heads would have mm-hmm. given up a better fight than the Cavs did. Oh, yeah, I agree. Um, Raptors. So I think I'm going to go... <laughs> Raptors, huh? Yeah. I think I'm going to go with the Celtics as well for the same reasoning. I they do always play Golden State really well. They're long enough to, to kind of clamp their shooters. And it's in the Garden. If it was in Golden State, there's yeah, no is. chance. But yeah. in the Garden with all those fans getting amped, I'll, I'll roll with Boston too. Yeah. Uh, I think, I think, I think Golden State's do a loss. Um, Oklahoma City, Milwaukee on Sunday. Um, Bucks are taking on the Thunder in Oklahoma City. Um, man, that's a tough one. I think I'm going to go with Milwaukee. They look like a machine right now. And in they're ba- if unless they play a great team away, they seem to be winning every game they play right now. And I think Oklahoma City with Westbrook's struggles, uh, I don't think they're going to be able to keep up because I think Milwaukee's got more firepower than the Thunder with Paul George being the only guy right now. I think I'm going to go with uh, Oklahoma City because they seem to like step up for big games. And uh, yeah. I think this is at home for them too, right? So I think it's just end of the day, you know, I think they play a lot better at home than they do away. Um, 
And, like, I think Milwaukee's had some kind of head-scratching losses or, like, close calls. They almost lost to Brooklyn. Who Brooklyn is playing really well um, lately, which I think they're 20-5 in the last 25. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, which is crazy good because of the injuries they had. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to go Oklahoma in a close one. I'm excited to watch both games. Same. Um, are we doing Super Bowl predictions? Let's do it. we got, like, a minute left. We'll get, get to a Super Bowl prediction. This is a tough one for me because I think the Rams are far and away more talented, but I feel like I say that about the Patriots every time they're in the <laughs> Super Bowl. Um, hmm. I, I have a feeling that the way that Aaron Donald and Sue got after Drew Brees in in New Orleans, I have a feeling that they're going to be able to get Tom on the ground. Uh, it's just can, can Todd really show up? Mm. And can Drew, Drew Goff or Drew Jared Goff? Goff. Jared Goff. Yeah. Can Jared Goff not suck? I kind of think the Rams are going to win just because of that pass rush, and they're going to get Tom on the ground. If they can't get any pressure on Tom, which is very possible, then the Patriots are going to win. And I'm not even sure it's going to be that close because I don't trust Jared Goff, really. Uh, see, this is one of those weirdest times that I usually feel like the other team is better against the Patriots. And I want to say that the Patriots are going to lose this game. But like, then you said that about you thought that about the Falcons too, didn't you? I thought the Falcons were better than the Patriots that year. They I were? Yeah, and I thought they were going to win that game. Because as soon as it was 23, I was like, this is embarrassing, bro. Like, I'm I'm in a dorm. I'm being embarrassed by all these Falcon fans. Like, I hate this. Um, after I won, I got kicked out of two different dorms. That shoe thrown at me. So I would have kicked you out, too. I, hey, man. I was, I was emotional. After that, that I was obnoxious. I was running up and down the dorm saying, Patriots win. Tom Brady's a go. Patriots win. If you had done that, win. I probably would have thrown a punch. Oh, I'm sure, dude. I almost got in a couple of fights. But I think, I think I'm going to go with Rams just as a reverse jinx, even though I think the Patriots win. Uh, I just I, I don't know why I feel like the Patriots. I just think they're a better. I think the Rams are too young. I said, yeah. See, when I, when I say the Rams, like I said, this is my prediction. If the Rams' pass rush, which I think is good enough to do, can get ready on the ground, I think the Rams will win. Mm-hmm. But if they can't get ready on the ground, I don't think that Jared Goff can keep up with Tom Brady. Yeah. No, I agree. But I have a feeling, judged on the way they got after the Saints. Who I think have a don't they have a little better O line than yeah the yeah yeah if they can get to the Saints in New Orleans I feel like they can get to Brady yeah I mean I think that I think it'll be fun to watch I'm excited to see Super Bowl I feel like every single Patriots Super Bowl is always close I think they've all been within a touchdown um, so this will be a fun to watch because not a single Patriots Super Bowl isn't and let's hope it goes the way I want it to go um, I think that's about it yeah I mean I, I don't really have a dog in the fight I guess I'll cheer for the Rams because talk early but. And I'm not going to see here. on the Patriots. So. That's true. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'll ever be a Patriots fan, though. Yeah, hey, I, I will say, that. I will say, I like them better than the Saints. Um, praise Jesus Christ above. <laughs> the Saints got screwed out of that Super Bowl. Uh, those people are awful. I could not deal with them in my city. Oh, damn. Okay, that is a hot take. <laughs> I hope New Orleans fans are not hearing that because I respect you. I, hey, I hope you hear it, bros. okay? You we're, guys gate, are, we're gate bros. You guys are the you. rudest people I've ever met. Dang, that Ever. Is, that is, wow. I, it's unbelievable. You made custom 28-3 t-shirts in a game you it. didn't in your game you it. didn't make it to. I love it. That's, so, that's good luck it. watching the Super Bowl at home because even though we lost, at least we got Keep there. that same energy. I love it. I <laughs> at love least it. we got I there. love it. I love it. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys, for listening. Have a good yeah, one. Yeah, have a good one.